Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. Well, happy Father's Day to all you dads out there, you and all of your jokes. Uh, we are so thankful for you today. Amen. Amen. I, I want to I wanna welcome all of you that are here and say thank you for being here with us. I want to welcome all of our online worshipers as well. If you're joining in online today, I want to invite you just to drop your name in the chat. Let us know you're watching and maybe even tell us from where you're watching. We would love to just celebrate and, and know that you're there as well. And uh, I want to I encourage you today with the word of the Lord. And I, I want to I talk with you about two guys in the Bible. Two names, very close in their spelling, almost synonymous in their association. Together, their names are associated with some of the most incredible miracles in the Bible. And to read, to read the life stories of either of these men is simply fascinating. Their boldness, their insight, their courage, their godly wisdom is incredible. And certainly either of these men are admirable figures for us to give our attention for a few minutes here on this Father's Day. And if you're wondering, the names of these two men that we're going to be discussing today are Elijah... And Elisha Elijah and Elisha I want to I want to talk with you about these two guys for just a minute today because I, I believe that there uh, there is in their lives a parallel between what they experienced in life and what the Lord wants to do through the men of this generation so I've, I've said to you I've said to you that I want to draw a parallel and a comparison between your life and the life of Elijah and Elisha the prophet. So don't shut me out. Come on, come on, come on back, come on back. Don't, don't go anywhere. Don't, don't shut me out just because I'm going to be speaking about these two incredible men of God. Because I didn't come today to simply speak about two men of God, two incredible men of God. I came to prophesy today to the sons of God. I came to prophesy to the men of God in the house today. So, so this is, I, I want to make sure, can I make sure that I'm speaking to the right crowd? I want to be sure that I'm speaking to the right crowd today. So I want to ask all the men of God in this house to stand up. It doesn't matter whether you're a dad or not a dad. I'm talking to the men of God in this place today. Get on your feet and identify yourself. Yeah. And if, if you ladies... If you ladies will just allow me, is, is it okay if I speak to the men of the house this morning? I, I want to encourage the men. And I invite you to listen in because there's applicable principle that's here. But I believe, I believe that the Lord is stirring in this generation. 
I believe in the days to come there's going to be a revival and a restoration of biblical manhood in this generation, in this society, and it's going to shake the very gates of hell as the giant that God created and called you to be begins to arise out of its slumber and begins to move in the call and the purpose and the anointing of God that's over your life. I, listen, you say, Pastor, why do we got to stand up? Why do we got to stand up right now? I, I'm going to tell you why I want you to stand up right now. The reason I want you to stand up in this place if you're a man of God is to identify yourself. Because we live in a society where everybody is going nuts about how everybody else wants to identify themselves. We have people in this generation with the audacity to try to identify themselves physically as something that the physical laws of the universe has clearly declared that they are not. And furthermore, we have a whole crowd of people that have lost their minds that are just going along with the charade and thinking that it's all good and all great and absolutely normal. But that's not my message today. The reason I bring that up is to, is to say to you that while there are some people in this world who can't have the good sense to examine their anatomy and determine what they are, they're still going to call themselves something different than what they clearly are. There are people in the house of God there are people in the house of God, there are men in the house of God who can't see past their last mistake. They can't see past what somebody said about them. They can't see past their, their wrongs and their shortcomings and their insecurities. And they're allowing a world to define them when God has already defined them and said who you are. I'm calling on you, man of God. Stand up. Stand up in this generation. Stand up in this society and be the light that God has called you to be. I came to this house today to prophesy to the sons of God and I want you to identify yourself today because I want you to be assured today that this word is to you, is for you. I don't want you to drift off in your mind to some other place or some other function. God has a word for you in this moment. You are about to receive from heaven. You came into this place bent and burdened and you're about to walk out of this place in the strength and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. You came into this place today fretting and worried with a great deal of concern, but you're about to walk out of this place in the assurance that someone on the inside of you is greater than all of the pressures that are around you, and you have been made mighty through God. You're about to be loosed from anxiety, condemnation, and stress that has constantly bombarded your life. I believe you believe that word's for you today. You believe there's a word in the house for you today. If you do, stretch a hand to heaven right now. Father God, we come into this place and we posture ourselves as the sons and the daughters of God, knowing that, Lord, that if we who are wicked know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more do you, our Heavenly Father, know how to give good gifts to us? And Lord, we posture ourselves right now to receive, to receive a word of life, 
to receive a word of encouragement and edification today, God. Lord, that we leave this place built up as men of God, and we give you the glory, the honor, the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You, you, if you want to be seated, you can be seated, but you don't have to be seated. Amen. Specifically today, I believe that God is looking to raise up some prophets in this generation in the likeness of Elijah. Elijah was an incredible prophet. He, he was an incredible prophet. His, his life was marked by the supernatural. Signs and wonders followed this man everywhere that he went. This was a man that the Bible says that he could speak and at his word, the heavens closed up and it did not rain for the space of three and a half years. He's a man who went to Zarephath with the audacity to command a starving widow that if she would bring her last morsels of meal and oil and make him a cake and feed him first, then there would be a miracle of providence in her house. And it was. This is the man who stretched himself out over the corpse of a dead boy and he received his life again. A man who prayed a few earnest words and in response the Lord rained down fire from heaven consuming the sacrifices drenched in water. This is a man who at his word he spoke again and the heavens opened and rain covered the earth as it had been before. And I don't know about you today, but as I read in the word of the Lord and I hear the cinnamon expressed today that God is trying to raise up prophets in this generation in the likeness of Elijah, I have to say that when I look in the mirror, I don't see it. When I examine my life, I don't see it. When I realize that the supernatural in this degree and in this magnitude is not following me. I've not seen the fire fall from heaven in a physical sense. I've not seen the dead raised to life in a physical sense. I've not been able to speak and command the heavens to be closed and to be opened again. And I know that it's a difficult comparison today. We can't see anything of the magnificent miracles such as Elijah performed in our lives. And I want to tell you something today, church. We're going to take a little side note here for just a second. There's a great plague in the body of Christ today. And the great plague that's in the body of Christ today is that somehow or another we've come to the point of believing that the distance between where we are right now and the place where we will be useful for the kingdom of God is some kind of giant leap of faith. But I want to tell you something today. You will never get from where you are to the place that God wants you to be and will use you in the greatest magnitude if you don't begin. And because we believe it's such a giant leap, we never take it. But the pathway from where you are to where God is drawing you is not a gigantic leap of faith. It's a small step of faith. It's getting up every day and moving in faithfulness and operating in the anointing and unction of the Holy Ghost that's on your life right now. And step by step, inch by inch, mile by mile, God is going to take you to new places. And maybe you don't feel like an Elijah right now. Maybe you just feel like an ordinary guy, but I'm telling you something today. God wants to take what is ordinary in your life, 
bless it, anoint it, and use it for his glory and do more with it than you ever imagined. But if you will move in faith, it will happen. The reality is that God is not calling you to take a tremendous leap. He's just calling you to continue taking the next step. And if you take the next steps long enough, you'll eventually begin to see a progress in your life, the likes of which you've only dreamed. I want to tell you something, though, as I think about this idea of God raising up Elijah's in this generation, I've got to tell you that I'm happy for one clarification that's made in the Scripture. The clarification is that as James is writing about motions and actions of faith, he says to us that Elijah was a man with like passions. The New King James Version says Elijah was a man with a like nature, with a nature like ours. King James says that Elijah was a man with like passions. In other words... What does that mean? That means that what God did through Elijah, God is able to do through you. You are of the same kind. You are of the same substance. You are of the same nature. And if God can get a hold of your heart the way that he did the heart of the prophet, you can rise up in this generation and you can be a prophet for the kingdom of God. You can be a mighty man of valor. You may feel like a coward today, but you can be filled with a stiffness in your spine, spirit, spiritually speaking that comes from the anointing and the power of the Holy Ghost and you will stand in this generation listen don't count yourself out man of God you, you may not have called down fire out of the heavens. You may not have seen the dead resurrected. You may not have commanded the rains or spoken to being miracles of provision, but you are of the same kind as this man who did. But when I think about the life of Elijah, oh my God, it just, whoo. I, I, I want to I be, I want to be a man like Elijah. But you know what? We have a terrible habit, another terrible habit that we have in the body of Christ, especially in Pentecostal circles, is we love to sensationalize the things of God. We, we love to sensationalize the things of God, and, and we, we do that so dramatically that it almost makes those things seem unattainable. And we look at Elijah calling fire down out of heaven and, and praying over the dead bodies and they're resurrected to life again. And we say, oh, well, I just can't see that. I just can't, I just can't make that stretch in my mind. But the, the encouraging word that I have for you today, church, is that the greatest ministry, the most effective ministry that Elijah had in his lifetime was not calling fire down out of heaven. It was not praying over dead bodies. It was not speaking miracles of provisions into the lives of broke widows. It wasn't, it wasn't speaking and controlling the elements of nature. The greatest miracle, the greatest manifestation of the work of God in and through the life of Elijah we find in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 19. And it says, so he departed from there. It's talking about Elijah. Now, if you, if you take notes or doodle or jot or highlight or whatever you do, I want you to, I want you to underscore that or highlight that, that phrase, from there. Okay? From there. 
So he departed from there, and he found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, and he was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him, and he was with the 12th. And then Elijah passed by him and threw his mantle on him. What we see here is the genesis, the beginning of a mentorship in the spirit. What we see here is the beginning of a training field. What we see here is the beginning of a process of discipleship because from that day forward, Elisha walked with and followed Elijah everywhere that he went. He walked with him. He prayed with him. He studied him as he performed miracles. He observed the power of God at work in Elijah's life. And a process had begun between these two where Elijah, added kingdom value to a man who quite literally was going to multiply kingdom value to other people. The importance of what you're doing, man of God, is not what you're going to do in your own generation, but how you are going to invest in the lives of those that come behind you who will perpetuate the gospel ministry in the generations to come. Many years ago when our kids were small, many years ago when our kids were small, I, I told Pastor Lisa, I said, my aim and my goal is that I want to live my life in such a way that one day my claim to fame is that I am Jessica and Hannah's dad. In other words, if this world, if nobody in this world ever knows my name, let them see the influence of a godly man, a spirit-filled man in the lives of my children. Let them see the evidence of a life indelibly marked by the influence of a man who had spent time with Jesus. And this is exactly what we have here. It was such a powerful ministry of influence that Elijah had on Elisha that as he's nearing the end of his life, he says to Elisha, Hey, Elisha, what can I do for you? Elisha had walked with the man of God. He had prayed with the man of God. He had ministered with the man of God. He'd been obedient to every command of the man of God. And, and when it finally came time and he said, Elisha, what can I do for you? What can I give to you before I go? That Elisha said to him, I want a double portion of your spirit to rest on me. Now, we might look at that and say, you know what, that's, that's a very vain request. That's, that, is, that is simply because we can wax judgmental. And, and some of us in the body of Christ feel like our gift is, is the gift of suspicion. And we might be suspicious here that, that Elijah, Elisha is, is thinking that he's just, you know, wanting, wanting this for vain pursuits to be greater than Elijah. But that's not the case. Here's what I believe. I believe that he had saw something in the man of God. And I'm telling you that when your life is so full of the power and the presence and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, that it is something that is attractive to those that are around you. There was, there was something about the apostles as they came out of the prayer meetings in the New Testament that the people around them were able to observe them and say, aren't these ignorant and unlearned fishermen? But yet we perceive that these men have been with Jesus. There, there's something different. Their lives are marked in a different way. There's a, there's a different unction that... that 
thrust them into the things they're doing. There's a different spirit with which they carry themselves. It's a noted and marked difference. And Elisha has observed this in the life of Elijah. And when he gets time for him to leave, he says, I want a double portion of what you've got, Elijah. And it represents an eagerness to promote the glory of God. Elijah's greatest effectiveness in ministry was living a spirit-anointed, spirit-empowered life before a young man so that he desired even more of the spirit than what he'd seen. I'm telling you today, man of God, that the same opportunity abounds for your life and for mine. The same opportunity abounds today for your life and for mine. And I believe today that as men rise up in their calling, stirring up the gift that God has placed in their lives and yielding to the power of the Holy Spirit, there is going to be an awakening in this land. There is going to be an awakening in this land. I believe further that God is stirring in the hearts of men in this room. The Holy Spirit is stirring your hearts right now. He's revealing his call and his purpose to you in this moment. He's burdening your heart with those that you might influence. And you're about to step into your greatest ministry yet. But there's another similarity here. And, and the similarity is this. I don't, I don't know what you've done in your life, and you might say, I've never done anything. Well, then I'm telling you, God's about to do something through you. And maybe you're here today and say, I've done some things, but I wanna, I just, I've got to urge you and I have got to challenge you that far greater than what you've done for your generation is what you're going to do for the successive ones to come. Because as you begin to pour out into the lives of others, just like it was with Elisha, do you know the Bible records that indeed as Elisha's bones were thrown into the tomb and the dead, as, as, as Elisha's body was thrown into the tomb, the bones of the dead man that was then resurrected as he hit them recorded exactly twice the numbers of miracles that Elijah had performed while his, he was here on this earth ministering. Two times. Two times, Elijah's greatest work was not what he did, but what was done through his legacy. And that's the power of God at work. Listen, but, but here's the thing. Elijah had done all these great things, and, and what we might mark as being the culminating just most grand ministry of Elijah's life in calling fire down out of heaven and defeating the prophets of Baal. We all heard that story. If you've heard the Bible any at all, you, you know that story. You're familiar with it. And we say, oh, that's great and that's wonderful. You remember chapter 19, verse 19? It said, when he departed from there. I want to tell you where he is from there. Because shortly after Elijah stood on the mountaintop and very boldly and very provocatively declared the glory of God and fire fell from heaven and consumed the sacrifices that had been drenched in water, which we would conclude to be a, a magnificent miracle. The word lets us know that he was driven into a cave. 
And in that cave, he was depressed. In that cave, he was anxious. In that cave, he sought and prayed that God would take his own life from him. He said, Lord, it's just too much. It's too much. I can't, I can't stand it anymore. And here, here's, it's a cave of darkness. It's a cave of despondency. It's a cave ruled by fear. It's a cave of anxious moments and depressed thoughts. It's a cave the likes of which Elijah has been in begging for his own life to end. And I don't know where you are today, but I want to encourage you, man of God, that the Lord is not finished with you yet. It may take courage for you to step out of the cave. It may take stepping over your fears and anxious thoughts to get out and begin to walk in God's calling. But this is the word of the Lord for you today. The greater things are ahead for you. What you did yesterday is no comparison to what you're about to do tomorrow. And if, if Elijah had never stepped out of that cave, there would have been no anointing on Elisha's life. There would have been no multiplication of miracles moving forward. Elisha did greater things than Elijah did because Elijah had the courage to get out of a cave and walk in the anointing and power of the Holy Spirit I'm calling you man of God get up get up out of that cave don't let the enemy convince you that you're through the very next thing that Elijah did after he left that cave was to call Elisha the man whom it's recorded did twice as many miracles as Elijah did he called him into ministry in Ephesians chapter 5 beginning in verse 14 we read this word and I believe it's the word of the Lord for this hour and it says this is what it said wake up sleeper and rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you be very careful then how you live not as unwise but as wise making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil I'm telling you man of God you've got opportunity for influence in this generation in this society and I want to say something to you man of God it's a confusing day in which we live this world has taken its aim at you the God fearing Bible believing saved sanctified spirit filled man of God in the pattern of masculinity created by God almighty has been maligned has been vilified has been demonized as a hazard to our society has been marginalized and dismissed as irrelevant in our society but I'm here to tell you man of God that you are a mighty warrior in the spirit you are a preserving force for righteousness in this generation he is seeking for a man to stand in the wall to restore righteousness in this generation and you are it I'm telling you, man of God, the same opportunity exists for you and I today to make a difference. It doesn't matter if you're a father or not. There's someone that you can influence. There is an anointing in which you and I can walk that will be attractive to the world around us, specifically to the generation after us. Listen, I'm not speaking about a rigid training in our religious constructs. I'm not speaking about tutoring in the hypocrisy of our legalism. I'm not talking about teaching our kids how to speak Christianese. I'm talking about modeling a life so full of the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit that they're attracted to the life of the Spirit in you and they desire more of what you've got. Don't you misunderstand me, Daddy. 
It is proven with statistical data that nobody can influence those under your roof, spiritually speaking, the way that you can. It is an exponential difference between a man in the house that serves the Lord and the propensity of his children to follow after him than any other member in the household. I'm telling you, you've got the power of influence. You've got the power to leave something behind you that will shake the world for the kingdom of God. Rise up, O sleeper, and the glory of the Lord will shine upon you. I believe that God is raising up in this generation men who are going to walk in the anointing and the power of the Holy Ghost in the depth and degree that a generation of kids are not going to have to look to the world out there for significance and satisfaction. They'll be accustomed to a sincere move of the Holy Spirit and have such a vibrant model of life set before them that, of God that they'll only be asking for a double portion of the same thing. Thank you, Lord. I want you to stand all over this place right now, man of God. Get on your feet. Get on your feet. Get on your feet right now. Right now, you ladies can stand too. Just everybody, go ahead. Go ahead and stand up all over this place. But this is what I want. This is what I want. Well, this isn't what I want. This is what I feel led right now in this moment. I want all the men of God in this house. You say, Pastor, I, I want, I want, I want to capitalize my opportunity for influence in this generation. This generation has tried to, tried to shut me up and shut me down. This, this generation has tried to drive me in a cave, but today I'm coming out. I'm coming out in the name of Jesus. I'm coming out into my anointing. I'm coming out into, into my calling. I'm coming out into what God has planned for me. I'm coming out into a, a, a new realm of ministry, and I'm expecting to see greater things in my life than I've ever seen before. And if that's you right now, I want you to get out from where you are, man of God, and I want you to come and stand all across the front of this place today. I don't think there ought to be a man left in this room that's not up here gathered around this place today who would say, I'm believing God. I'm believing God. I'm believing God to use me in greater measure than ever before. I'm believing God for a greater anointing than ever before. I'm believing God to just pour something out in my life. I'm believing God for an Elisha anointing, an Elijah anointing that I can pass on to the next generation. I, I'm believing God to work in my life in ways that I could only imagine. Now, this is what I want to ask you to do. I want to ask all you guys just to take a step forward. Come on, step up, step up, step up. Step up, get in close, get in close. Get in close. Can I tell you something? I, I, want, to talk to, I want to talk to the people back here. I want to talk to the people back here for just a second. Can I tell you something? That if you, if you will watch the evening news program and you will listen to the voices of this world with all the craziness that's going on in the world out there, they will tell you that these are the problem. That this, this right here, 
a man of God that's willing to bow his knee before Almighty and pray for the anointing and have the audacity to believe in the Word of God and order his children and order his home in like manner, they will tell you that that is the problem. And I'm, I'm saying this to you today so that you'll understand the urgency of the hour. And the urgency of the hour is this, children of God, that these men need your covering. Oh, they're strong and they don't cry and they don't want to talk about their feelings with you. But I'm telling you, there's a devil in hell that's after them, that is pursuant to them, that wants to drive them into a cave of darkness and despair and depress them and shut them up. But I'm telling you that they're coming out. They're coming out in the anointing and power of the Holy Ghost. They're coming out into an Elijah anointing today in Jesus' name. So I want you to get out of your seat wherever you are. I want you to begin to come and flood in behind these. And we're going to pray a covering over these men of God today. We're going to pray an anointing. We're going to pray the fire of God just to rest upon them today in Jesus' name. Come on, come on, gather in. Gather in, come on. We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.